Hey, Sarah. Hey, what? I want to watch a romantic comedy. I've got moves you've never seen. She says that really funny. What? Like she doesn't say it like a normal person. Oh, when she's at the when she's at the baseball game, mm-hmm. right? She's Such holding a... that tray of beers. And if people didn't know from that opening line, Sarah, what movie are we doing this week? My best friend's wedding. And now I thought when we were starting to watch this movie, or we were talking about. It, I just thought, just the moment I wake up, before I, before put, on I put on my makeup. makeup Say a little prayer for you. <laughs> yes, Dionne Warwick is alive and well in this. Yeah, this is quite a film. I, I had never seen this. Really? No, I'd never seen oh, it. Man, I've seen it so many times. I liked it. It's great. I really liked oh, it. Oh, yeah. It's There's, great. And in, in Julia Roberts, well, Best Friend's Wedding, if you've never seen it, mm-hmm. Julia Roberts is in it. Mm-hmm. She commands it. Yeah. And I'm usually not the biggest Julia Roberts fan, just I could take her or leave her. Mm-hmm. She's Abs- fantastic. Absolutely smitten by her in this I movie. mean, that is the that's the difference in a rom com between actors and A list actors. Like mm-hmm. she is really, really good. Oh yeah, she just brings you into it immediately. Mm-hmm. And you just her fall performance in, is really great. Yeah, and you fall in love with this character that by all means is <laughs> a, a pretty case. scuzzy yeah. <laughs> a pretty scuzzy person yeah, top to bottom. Very unlikable. Very, very much. Uh but by the end, we just, not even by the end, by like scene two, we're in love with her. Yeah. Against our better judgment. Well, um, according to IMDb, originally they wanted uh, Sarah Jessica Parker to do it, but she couldn't get out of her, she was just starting to do Sex in the City. Hmm. So, and that started in 98. This is 97. So they got Julia Robertson, and she handpicked Cameron Diaz and Dermot Mulroney. Oh, really? To be co-stars yeah I, I don't think this would have been any good with sarah jessica Parker. no and apparently drew barrymore tried out for cameron diaz's role which i don't think would play either and then julie roberts was like no this should be cameron diaz yeah i drew barrymore probably could have done it but she, she i don't i think she would have out sh- not outshone her but it would have just been like too much too much wow factor yeah i, I don't know yeah cameron- i like drew barrymore a lot but i don't think she would be pretty pretty enough for this role in the way that Cameron Diaz is oh, yeah. superficially just pretty. You know? I get what it's you like mean. she's supposed to be this young, pretty person. Yeah. Oh, and we didn't say it. Welcome to romcomcom.com. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, as always, I am one of your hosts, Justin, and I am Sarah. And as we said, we're discussing my best friend's wedding. And That's we're just right. so excited for it. We which, couldn't do an intro. Right. It, it came at a time in my life when I don't think I'd watched a lot of rom-coms or I hadn't connected with rom-coms before. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It was just one of those things where I was like, I really like this. And I ended up watching it a lot. And I got the soundtrack. Oh, wow. So I was like listening to the soundtrack a lot. So you're a real big My Best Friend's Wedding fan. Yeah. Like my dad and stepmom had moved to Atlanta. And I think I watched it when I was down there. And I got a lot more free reign down there because mm-hmm. my sisters were like six and eight years younger than me. And I was just down there for like two weeks in the summer or something. Mm-hmm. I didn't have a lot to do. So might as well keep watching My Best Friend's Wedding over and over again. And... <laughs> You know, my dad was listening to Ray Charles for some reason because we lived in Atlanta and he was like, he's from Georgia and 
George on my mind. My dad sings constantly mm-hmm. and then um, got that soundtrack, which has a lot of Ray Charles. And it just kept coming back. Here's what's funny, and I'm sure you looked this up about this movie. It is not like crazy well received in some ways. Like IMDb, mm-hmm. it's like a six ish, Metacritic 50%, Rotten Tomatoes 73. Mm-hmm. But Google users saying whether they like it or not, it is a whopping 87% wow. like this movie. All right. Oh, and I can see why. Well, if, Ebert likes it. Does he? Well, he's from Chicago. Well, I mean, yeah. if you kind of turn your brain off and enjoy a movie for just what it is, mm-hmm. I mean, you know, this isn't winning an Oscar, but it's a Fun, fun movie. There's it, singing. It's uh, there's a lot of singing. There's a lot of action in the there's directors. Not directors. Um, there's a, a couple extras on the DVD, and in one of them, the director was talking about the scene we'll get to in the the restaurant. But he said, when I originally pitched this to the movie theater, I did my best to not tell them how much this was going to be a musical because they <laughs> didn't think musicals would sell. And even Julia Roberts is in it saying, "Everyone in this movie sings but me," and I did everything I could not to not say. To sing. Yeah. Aww. Because Cameron Diaz has the, yeah. the terrible karaoke scene. Yeah, and, and he sings on the uh, boat. He sings, you give your hand to me. Oh, that's right. You say hello. When yeah. they're talking about what their their song is or mm-hmm. how they don't have a song. No, they have a song. He doesn't have a song with Kimmy. Well, that's what I mean. Yeah, with, yeah. with her. Would you like to give him a one-minute synopsis sure. of what I yeah. take as being your favorite movie of all time? That's right. So Julia Roberts plays a woman named Julianne and... Dermot Mulroney plays a guy named Michael. They're best friends from college. They had one hot month in college where they were together, and then she got tired of him. But instead of ditching him like all the guys, they ended up having a confrontation, and then they ended up best friends for the last 15 years or whatever. But he's a sports writer, and he travels around all the time with a baseball team. Sounds like minor league almost. And I guess he's based in Chicago, or somehow he was in Chicago. She's in New York. She's a food critic. It opens with her judging some food at a very fancy restaurant. And I want to know how a 28-year-old can do that. But anyway, then he calls her. <laughs> this, is, this is supposed to be a one-minute summary, yep, Sarah. Sorry. We'll get into the rest. One, you got, you got, you've used about 50 <laughs> seconds of that. So you got he calls her, says he's getting married. She flies to, in four days, she flies to Chicago trying to break up the wedding because she decides she likes them. Hilarity and ridiculous situations ensue, and then it ends up that she lets him go. He gets married to this woman, Kimmy, played by Cameron Diaz, and it all resolves. I'm not going to lie, when you started, I didn't think you were going to get that into a minute, and you probably just about did with a quick finish, <laughs> but, but you did there's a good a job of, describing the movie. There's a lot of up, upkeep at the beginning. Yeah, there, it was def, it's definitely front-loaded <laughs> the way you did it. Uh, yeah, but the fact that she's 28 is just like, yeah, food if you're that successful as a food critic, you got to be like 40. Oh, yeah, because 45. in the beginning, she's in a restaurant with her assist, assistant or editor her, or something. Yeah, her editor. And Super they're like, the Everett. cooks are scared of her. Yeah. Like, it's not just that she is a food critic. Yeah. They are like going bonkers Yeah, like she's back a there. real deal food critic, like for the New Yorker or some shit. <clears throat> so there yet again is another romantic comedy yeah, where one of our writer. leads is a writer. So. And Kimmy... Cameron Diaz's character is studying to be an architect. Oh my god! Another architect. I have to That's believe That's the third one. Oh no, there's got to be something in Hollywood. Writers we're and architects. Of. Writers. And if architects. you're a Hollywood writer and there is some unwritten rule out there for rom coms, <laughs> just shoot us an anonymous email and, and let us know. There's why. a weird thing with architects, and accidentally, it seems there's a weird thing with belly buttons because this movie has a bare midriff as well. I think that's just a 
thing is of the times. Is that just the 90s? I think that's just the 90s. Okay. But man, yeah, In she is. 2000s. Good for her. Yeah. I, I can't she imagine escaped. being courageous enough to wear a belly shirt. And run around. Yeah, but yeah. she pulls it off. <laughs> yeah. But speaking of which, this movie is pretty freaking raunchy. Yeah. I did not they expect that F-bum. going in. It's a PG-13, but they managed to get an F-bomb in. And see, like we were talking about last week with The Ugly Truth and how my big issue was... thought it was gratuitous. Yeah, well, it was an R that was an R for the sake of that, but they didn't do anything clever with it. Yeah. This was a PG-13 that got a lot, of, got a lot in and was fairly yeah. clever with it. <laughs> yeah. This is what I wanted Ugly Truth to be oh, in that yeah. aspect, yeah. you know? But they mm-hmm. did slip in some stuff in here that I kind of, like, I was, as usual, eating while watching it, and I mm-hmm. had to look up from my sandwich <laughs> a couple points. <laughs> what? Like, excuse me, what did she just say? Incidentally, the best friend from The Ugly Truth, the girl who's also in Grimm, mm-hmm. She is one of the singers in the intro. All you gotta do is hold him and squeeze him and love him. And and she's she's the pink one. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, wow. So they're clearly, unless I don't, well, I should backtrack. I don't know if she's a singer, but I'm pretty sure they're mouthing the words. She's in the movie, for sure. No, she's in the intro. Well, that's what I mean. Yeah, she's in the intro of the movie. Pretending to sing. Yes. Yeah. So there is a rom-com mini-verse that mm-hmm. we were entirely unaware of prior to starting they this podcast. They all circle around each other. That's awesome. I hope she gets a lead sometime after all this time in the trenches. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I guess we'll just dig into cameos because <laughs> we're already there. Yeah. The next one that I was really happy about was Paul Giamatti Paul Gi- being no, the bellhop. I want you tell people what it says on Paul my sheet. Paul Giamatti! Followed by three exclamation <laughs> points. points. Yes. I love Paul Giamatti. I wrote, Paul Giamatti is the bellhop. <laughs> And then I wrote, where are they ashing that cigarette? Because she's just smoking a cigarette in the hallway. Just on the floor. Yeah. It gets I, in her hair. I wanted, she falls backwards. Okay. I wanted so badly. And we'll get in. We'll we'll circle around to this. Mm-hmm. I wanted Paul Giamatti to come back. Oh, and at yeah. The end of the, and when we get to the end of this movie. It's a movie, good little cameo. We'll talk about the ending and like what they originally did with it and all that. Yeah. I, I want to circle back to Paul Giamatti. Well, how, they had I a second ending. Did oh, you I'm, hear I'm that? I'm aware. The, okay. we'll, let's get, we'll get okay, to okay. that. Okay. No, um, Paul Giamatti was great. He comes in. And he gives her a little bit of advice and just that mm-hmm. simple this this too shall pass. This too shall pass. It wasn't anything over the top. Yeah. I mean, I know it was before Paul Giamatti. And you didn't know what horrible things she had just done. Mm, oh, yeah. And <laughs> or I, he would have judged her a lot harshly. Well, we don't know what Paul Giamatti's character has seen. He's probably done some bad things. Yeah. Bellhop in he's Chicago. He's the future they, second president of the United States. God, he's... And this was before he was big, though. Mm-hmm. So it was before just, Sideways uh, It was just a that. role for him. Oh, yeah. But this it's fun to look pre-famous just, Paul Giamatti. I just want him in everything. I know. He's I, great. I just round like, little face. I just like him. Mm-hmm. Even in roles where he's not supposed to be likable. So it's like a <laughs> American Splendor. And then the other cameo is Cameron Diaz's mom. Oh, yeah. Is the mom from Dharma and, and Greg. Dharma and Greg. Yeah. yeah. I, I had to go online to look at that because I yeah. kept staring at her going, I know, I know who her. she yeah. is. She so, was big back then because Dharma and Greg was on the air at the time. I liked that show a lot. Yeah, it was a great show. But Jenna Elfman was funny. Yeah. Stephanie sat next to Greg on a plane one time. Nice. I don't think she talked to him. And he got all serious in uh, Criminal Intent mm. or whatever. I really just stopped at Dharma and Greg. That's good. You yeah. probably should. When they kind of peak, you just, <laughs> that's, that's just it. that. Yeah. <laughs> Really. He probably makes more money now doing this crime drama. Yeah, he's known for Dharma and Greg right. amongst two people in this room. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I think that's all I've got for cameos. Yeah. 
I didn't really have any down other than Paul Giamatti. The only one that would kind of count is Dermot Mulroney or Mulroney, uh-huh. Dermot Mulroney, that he kind of looks like Sylvester Stallone. And I that's said he not kind of really... looks like Elvis. Yeah, I can see Elvis. <laughs> He's got kind of that like fifties, uh, yeah, greasery type thing, but he also has kind of the the scar on his. Uh, I had a whole thing with scars on faces after that. What do you I mean that burned you, you into my them? brain when I was thirteen? No kidding. Oh yeah. Love guys, this guy's Joaquin Phoenix has a great scar. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just have a hard time looking at him in this light because he's so you know friendly and approachable. He does have an edge to him, mm-hmm. but because I saw him in Shameless first, oh, is he that's in more there? what I know. Oh yeah, and he uh, plays uh, a guy that's good in it, but with like a drug addiction past and all that, uh, and he has a real real edge to him. Still a good character, but I I can't huh. unsee that. Well, he plays in uh, New Girl. He plays her older boyfriend remember and they bring him Does to play okay. uh, true american oh my god yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. that i i like new girl i think he just brings kind of a general sexy blankness to everything yeah because i didn't see a lot in new girl either and that's what we ca- i kept reading in reviews was like dermot maroney brings nothing to the table dermot maroney is just blank and i was thinking yeah he doesn't doesn't give a lot to me but he also is a good foil for yeah. her extreme emotions well i think that's what what his acting style is is he's very kind face. of well, but it's not that he's a bad actor it's just he's very stern and straightforward yeah. and but i don't think it's he's a bad actor i believe him in those characters yeah it's not like he stumbles over lines and all that no i, I, I believe him i just don't get a lot from him you know reviews kept saying why are these two women so obsessed with him yeah what is it about this well guy? he did have a spark though like when when he got pissed off at like a the secret email being sent yeah he had such a spark to him then that i could mm-hmm. see like women like a fire in a guy i'm told yeah um i'm more neurotic Who and stands fiery, for but, what he wants well no and yeah. he sure did because even with that happening where an email was sent to his boss and all that mm-hmm You'd be a lunatic to break up with a girl whose de- father is a billionaire. But he doesn't care about that. That's, but that's what I mean. You almost had to have a character that was like very stern, very solid on principles. And so it fits yeah, for him to play that. He wanted to be himself. But you're right. He doesn't seem to really fit with either yeah. woman exactly. I know. And I was looking up him looking like Elvis and it showed him looking like Dylan McDermott, which is confusing because they have similar names, mm. but they look a lot alike. Hmm. The thing that about this movie that, so I knew nothing about it really going in and what I was expecting of the little bit I knew about it. I was expecting a lot more of a slow burn. I thought it was going to be, she goes to her best friend's wedding and through the course of like a weekend slowly realizes she loves him and like right before he goes down to the altar well yeah she comes right in wanting to break it up you yeah know? it's like she always kind of like had him in her pocket you know like always imagined mm-hmm. they'd be together and they made that pact when we for 28 and we're not married did you ever do that no <laughs> And I really sat around and thought about this because it sounds like something I would have done in uh-huh. high school. It sounds like a thing I would have done. I would have probably like picked the most attractive friend I had or even like in well, you have college. To get her to and, like, agree with you. Well, no, I know. And like, it's so ludicrous, like hedge the bet. I just know how I used to think. And it was pretty bad. Um, but no, I did not do this. Did you do this? I did. Really? In how high school. Turn out? I got married before I turned 26. It was 26, which is a ridiculous wow, number. That's really early. Yeah. And I don't know what we were thinking, but Doug, whose dad was our guidance counselor, hmm. 
who used to live across the street from me before we moved. He has an older brother who tried to make it in Hollywood. I don't know if he did or New York. Anyway, Doug and I were in last period of the day, architectural design class. Uh, Wait, (laughs) so we have a real life example of architecture bringing people together? Yeah. Maybe there's something here. I know. And I don't know what we were doing. I, I spent most of that time, most of that class not doing anything. Except architecture. Not designing. Mr. Z was our teacher. I can't even remember how to say his last name, but we just called him Mr. Z. And he was just so exasperated with us. I was doing like crossword puzzles. I'd printed off the internet and Doug and I would just fart around and tell jokes and get in trouble. And he was like, if we're not married by the time we're 26, then we need to marry each other. And I was like, well, I'm two years younger than you. He's like... Well, <laughs> we're not married by the time you're 26. I'm like, okay. And I never saw him again. He went to the University of Charleston. I have no idea where he is or what he's How doing. How would you react if you got that phone call at 26? Like, would you do this? <laughs> Doug? What the hell are you doing? See, that's the, that's the real problem with these kind of packs that you'll... Yeah. Because if you don't stay friends... I still think you got to try to honor that. Try to contact each other. Yeah. Well, now that Facebook exists, it's a lot easier. Yeah. I hey, can look him up. People listening out there, this is Justin. I want to talk to you real quick. <laughs> if you've ever had a, a pack like this, shoot us an email. Let us know how it went. But more specifically, if you had a pack that you didn't talk to the person for like eight years and then followed up on, I want to hear <laughs> ten what. Ten years. Ten. I want to hear how that conversation yeah. went. Very, very like, much Doug, so. Doug, what are you doing now? I mean, if he had called me when he was 28, he would have been sad because I was already married. Mm. Brian got in there just in time. Brian squeaked under that deadline. Yes, he did. Did you kind of mention that to Brian to speed him along? Yeah, like, like, hey, I just I give have you a, a pact going on and I really need you to like hurry up hey, or I'm going to uh, have to talk to Doug. Brian, uh, Doug's coming. <laughs> <laughs> Doug's at the front door, Brian. Do you want to get on a knee uh, real quick, Doug buddy? Doug flew up from, you know, North Carolina. <laughs> I think he's got a question to wherever ask Wherever he is. Oh, my. She finds out that her, her this guy's getting married that she had under her thumb and... She immediately is just like, I'm breaking this up. Yeah, this is not happening on my watch. She establishes herself to be a villainous person to her... Right away. Yeah, oh, right away. On her way to the airport, she's telling her assistant this, who, by the way, is... Not her assistant, her boss, her editor. eh, I like assistant better. All right, her boss, who is... He steals this movie. He absolutely yeah, Rupert ste- Everett. Yeah, yeah, Rupert Everett steals Apparently, this movie. he came out. He was very popular uh, film and stage actor in England, mm-hmm. and he came out in 1989, which you don't do in 1989. Mm-hmm. And his career kind of didn't go anywhere. Yeah, and then he was on this, and it totally like brought him, back, him up. back up. And I can see like, why he's great. He just stole this movie, and I wanted him to be in more scenes. Yeah, he's really good, and he's so common sense. He he, you know, he tells her what she should hear, but he's also so ridiculous in the things that he does because he just wants to embarrass her. But he is the sassy side friend mm-hmm. who gives her. He's the moral center of the movie. Yeah. You know, gives her good advice that she doesn't take. <laughs> And kind of takes over the movie. So then she goes into Chicago. She lands. We in in the airport in Chicago. Mm-hmm. Our, our, in the city does play yep. a pretty big role in this movie. Yeah, that's an important part. Uh, but she lands immediately, meets Cameron Diaz, who's the fiance, and within <laughs> running through the yeah. What's up with so her laughing, kind of like a turkey? <laughs> it's like, great. But I like it. It's over the top because because she's just 
so exuberant and bubbly. It's mm-hmm. like, you gotta say how you feel all the time. And then she immediately asked her to be not just a bridesmaid, yeah. but the maid of honor. Yeah, because her cousins are crazy. I feel kind of bad in that moment, though. I, I guess I've never had to put a wedding together, but, you know, I've, I've got a lot of friends that I'd have to make some cuts to the who's going to be in right. the, the wedding party. Well, she's so young. That when I've gone to younger weddings, they end up being bigger wedding parties yeah, than older ones. Yeah, that's how ones. ours was. Once what I wouldn't know. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Weirdly, Justin wasn't invited to our wedding. We weren't, we weren't friends back then. As of, much. Of, of the 5,000 people that were invited to your wedding, I couldn't squeak in through the Eddie, door. Eddie wasn't invited either. <laughs> well... If that you know, makes, that makes me feel, feel better. It actually does make me feel a little better. Yeah. Okay. So you don't think that that's kind of weird? I think that's kind of weird that what? she's like, I've never met you. Be my maid of honor. I would think it would be more. I think she's doing a, a strategic move. Keep oh, your okay. friends close and your enemies closer. Like, okay. I know that this girl means a lot to him and I got to keep my eye on her because she's smart. Here's okay. Here's the other thing about this movie that I guess is best to address in the beginning that got me though. Mm-hmm. They are best friends. Or they establish themselves as being best friends or very close friends. Right. Yet you don't know that this guy is dating a girl seriously until the wedding is four days away. Yeah. Like, I don't you know if they like, had to, to like, plan it really while. quick or something or they tried to get it around his schedule. But that still doesn't it make sense. It sounds any like s- it was a total fluke. Like he just yelled, marry me. No, it does. But I assume he's been dating this girl for more than like a month and a half. I do have close friends that I do not talk to more than like three times a year. So I get that, but I still would give them kind of a heads up and, you know, be like, oh, what's going on? Well, I'm seeing this girl. It's kind of serious. Her dad dad owns the white socks. I know. She said her machine had been eating her messages. Still, that's a long amount of time for her. Not. I'm just kind of questioning how good of friends they really are or if it's all in her head. No, I think they are. Okay. Okay. Oh, do so there isn't a meet cute for them because mm-hmm. they're already friends. Mm-hmm. So I would say the meet cute's probably when she meets Kimmy in the airport. Yeah, I guess meeting but her is the I think closest this we get. kind of throws the romantic comedy on its head mm-hmm. because she is the thing keeping them apart. Yeah. Right. And a romantic comedy is always a couple mm-hmm. with something keeping them apart. So mm-hmm. she is the catalyst. You know, she's the thing. She's mm-hmm. the obstruction. Yeah. Keeping those two apart. Which is kind of the rom-com between them. Mm-hmm. So I would say the meet cute is more she meeting Kimmy, like her adversary kind of. It was a good one. Her coming in screaming and shrieking oh. and all that. His brother, Scotty, his little brother, is um, incidentally Danny Masterson's brother, who obviously is in, tr- in trouble for uh, rape and got his you know, character kicked off the Netflix show and Netflix got in all this trouble. Well, his brother is Christopher Masterson, who was in Malcolm in the Middle. He was the older brother. Yeah, yeah, he was. Yeah. He was also, according to his IMDb, in several or in one episode of Murphy Brown. Ooh. So nice. The kids got chops. He's been around. Yeah. Ooh, and touched by an angel. Ooh. Nice. The wedding's gonna happen in four days. And then they go to her dad is a billionaire that owns the Chicago White Sox. Yeah. So they go to a White Sox game. Mm-hmm. Right. And that's where she is Make, holding those beers on a tray. And says your line from the opening yeah, while like, she's kind of dancing? No, she's just or, walking 
through an aisle. So well, yeah, but when turn. she hands them the beers, then she does her little dance, I thought. He made a comment about, like, you can't dance. And no, goes, she says, know. well, the she's talking to Scotty, yeah. his brother, and she says, well, you know the best man in the maid of honor have to dance. And he goes, you don't dance. And she goes, I've got moves you've never seen. And she's That's got it. her hand up on that uh, tray. Mm-hmm. But she's not dancing. She would drop all those beers. The, I wish they would have played up that maid of honor best man thing for just like a little, a couple other like jokes. Cause yeah. she was, you know, older in the movie right. and he's younger and it could have been good for some, uh, Looks awkward like he's comedy. about 16. Yeah. It could have been some really good awkward comedy. Yeah. Cause have you ever been at weddings where they do the, the garter yeah, like where the, I hate that. I, I well, but the one where the guy that catches the garter and the girl that catches the bouquet, yeah, then he has to put to it dance. on. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, I had to do that once at a wedding. Oh, it was so I was dating the girl that was the maid of honor at the time, and she caught the bouquet, uh-huh. and then. I went out for the garter toss and every guy on the floor scattered like that thing was made of kryptonite, including myself. And the bride ran up, grabbed the garter, threw it into my hand because she, I was dating her best friend at the time. And then I had to do that on her and I hammed it up when we finally did it. I like, she got on a chair and I put it on her ankle and then I stood up and looked at the crowd and was like, is that good enough? And you know, (laughs) and then finally, and then we slowly worked it all, all the way up and I just went over to her dad. That's weird. No, I know. Well, no, not like creepy up, but I like, slowly worked up. it all the way up. Well, I mean, like I hammed it up. <laughs> I meant that I hammed Gross. it up, you creepo. <laughs> and then I just, actually, this makes it sound worse. Then I went up to her dad afterwards, just when I'm Look so sorry that you had to see that. <laughs> This is gross all the way around. But I agree with you. I don't like the garter thing. But I think they could have really hammed up that that age differential for yeah. some pretty good laughs in it. I love when he and his friends get a hold of the helium and, and they start singing. singing. Yeah, that was and she's like, funny. "Shut up!" That was I like that part mm-hmm. a lot. Um, Incidentally, John Denver wrote that song. It's called Annie's song, hmm. and he died in a plane crash like a few weeks after the movie came out. Oh. You didn't know he died in a plane crash? I knew he died in a plane crash. I didn't yeah. know the timing of it. Was, yeah. Huh. Yeah, pretty weird. And one more thing. It came out in 1997 on June 20th, which happens to be my wedding anniversary. Did you do that on purpose? Tell the truth, Brian. I never hear this. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> it would be a lot cooler if you did. <laughs> that would be really weird. Mm, very good. Mm-hmm. So where do we go? They were, they were at a White Sox game. Yeah. Then... Then they went out to karaoke, even though Cameron Diaz hates hates karaoke. Mm -hmm. But the but he likes it. Dermot Merle Rooney, Dylan McDermott, Michael, Michael, Michael loves karaoke. (laughs) Yeah, Julia Roberts really puts her on the spot and is like, Mm -hmm. "Oh, here you're singing," and she gets Mm -hmm. up and it's terrible, really bad. But to the girl's credit, yeah, and the character, she hammers down. Yeah, and then the crowd gets really into into it. it. And I just love the look on Julia Roberts' face, like, (laughs) like, "Shit, what the fuck is going on?" Back to the drawing (laughs) board now. But also, if you're planning to break them up as her being bad at karaoke, you you need to get that. Well, no, it wasn't that she was bad. It was that she was thinking that it would make Cameron Diaz look bad because she would shut it down and be a spoil sport. Mm-hmm. But she isn't. She's she not leans all. into it yeah. and shows that she's fun and she can go with the flow, which seems to be important to Michael, Yeah, that she can be flexible yeah. and fun. And she certainly can. Yeah. I mean, I love Cameron Diaz in this. It's, it's just mm-hmm. neat to see that it's not quite peak Diaz by any means, but it's kind of near peak Roberts. Oh, yeah. you're, you're putting together two of these America sweetheart juggernauts <laughs> head to head in a way. Yeah. You don't dislike either of them, even though you're supposed to dislike one of them because she's a terrible right. person. 
Yeah. So that's the the karaoke and he, scene. She or finishes singing. and he goes, "That was terrible." <laughs> He's like so happy, but also knows that it was terrible. Yeah. See, and even he, mm-hmm. I like him. Mm-hmm. Everybody's just so darn likable in this movie. So likable. It really is. I like that they didn't make her dad into a villain. Yes, because rich I people very are much always villains. You know, it's such an easy thing to pander to. Yeah. Yeah, and I'm glad they didn't go that way. I like that they didn't really address her dad really too too much you know like it it was there you knew it but it didn't become a central part of it other than like that the wedding was over the top and that they had access to all this stuff but yeah yeah, you're right he wasn't he seemed actually pretty nice and pretty cool through Mm -hmm. most of it yeah he just wanted to be there for his daughter especially when she's leaving she's 20 she's leaving school and she's gonna travel with this like he's got to make like thirty five grand yeah. <laughs> driving around rural parts to cover baseball. Like, uh, speaking though of that, do you think then he ever made it up to the Cape Cod leagues? Yeah, <laughs> maybe. I don't know what baseball he's covering. I, I'm hoping the Cape Cod leagues because that mm-hmm. furthers our thesis that there is a unknown. Yeah, rom-verse. and then she goes back to architecture school. And runs into Jessica Je- Biel. Tenley. As she runs her, into Tenley. Yeah, as <gasps> as her um, classmate. Oh and then my. they become friends. Hey, Hollywood, Justin and Sarah here. <laughs> knock, knock, knock on your door. Let's talk about a real good sequel That's here. Right. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of potential here. Mm-hmm. I think they. I think it's time we revisit all these characters. Yeah, bring them back. Maybe they have a son or... Da- nah, it's not been long enough for a son or daughter to get married. Like maybe a cousin. It could be called Summer Wedding summer wedding <laughs> and it's like <laughs> or my best friend's catch or ma- Ooh, ooh, that's good too <laughs> that one's more about like a fish <laughs> okay so hollywood maybe don't call us quite yet we're gonna hash out some of these rough details but if but we're they get close. old enough it could be their kids that are getting married so maybe in like another 10 years yeah okay. so then after karaoke is that the part that she calls her assistant and leaves the best voicemail in the history of voicemails I where she's so. just exasperated. And yeah. And he's I, at a dinner party at his house. And it, Oh, yeah. And it, it turns and starts playing while his guests can all hear it. Mm-hmm. Oh, Old-timey answering machine. That gave me a genuine like, <laughs> belly laugh. I thought that that was pretty funny. He ends up coming to Chicago because of that message right, right after that. To support her. And then she somehow panics and in explaining who he is. Well, or, she wants to tell the truth. She mm. has him at like the... Taylor's. And then when she's trying to tell him, it's like awkward and in the background, Rupert Everett falls over Mm -hmm. and it makes Michael look over at him to be like, what? Who is that guy? And then instead of telling the truth, she switches it and says that he's like here for me. (laughs) (laughs) And then... He's my fiance, mm-hmm. not just dating, but fiance. Right. And so that got me thinking, I would love to be in that situation where someone <laughs> says, oh, it panics. And it's like, oh, yeah, we're engaged because I would do exactly what this guy does. Mm-hmm. He legs it out and has so much fun making her feel awkward. Yeah. When they, she says downplay it. And then he immediately rushes in and is like, hi, I'm Jules's fiance. Yeah. I don't know who she thought she was dealing <laughs> with saying downplay it. He is going over the top. And then when they enter the church of course cameron diaz when she first meets him has heard that they're engaged well mm-hmm. engaged pretend she does engagement. That still that laugh again yeah and she runs up and does <laughs> this loud turn. <laughs> 
and, so exciting. And then that that little meeting that they had was fantastic because she kisses him, he kisses her, mm-hmm. she kisses Julia Roberts, he kisses Julia Roberts, and then he just smacks Cameron Diaz right on the ass. <laughs> they said in the one of the behind the scenes things that Cameron Diaz and him genuinely hit it off like as friends over the top and that that the ass smack the one they used wasn't the first one but Mm -hmm. that was ad lib they did it so many times he just one time randomly smacked her on the ass and everyone thought it was so funny they just they kept it they couldn't they couldn't use the take she did because she started laughing so loud they could not use it that's how over the top it was so that's hilarious i want to see just him and cameron diaz hang out more in this movie there's so many characters in this that i like that i just want more of them they're all very likable absolutely Mm -hmm. and i thought original to some extent they weren't your paint by numbers rom-com characters necessarily yeah. i mean they kind of were but it they had fun. enough of a twist to them that they were fun like the like the, sl- the slutty twins yeah they are sisters. cousins or sisters they're her cousins or, yeah it, they are sisters to each other but they were even pretty funny with what they did which oh another cameo uh the one is rachel griffiths who is australian i didn't recognize it because she's blonde in this mm-hmm. but she has dark hair mm-hmm. and she was in six feet under Oh, okay. And then she was also in a show called Brothers and Sisters, and huh. she's really good. Mm-hmm. And I was like, man, I th- I know I know her, but I had to look it up. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's just so funny to see her randomly in this role. Mm-hmm. Then we get after the crab this, house the scene. The crab house scene. <laughs> That's my favorite. It's. I think this is... This is one of those scenes that even I knew about not seeing this movie. Yeah, I was aware it's so of it. Famous. I think it's yeah. made its way into It's on the soundtrack. Barry the Cuda is the name of the restaurant. Oh. I thought that was That's brilliant. funny. It was a real restaurant. Oh. And the reason they were allowed to film there was because it was doing so badly that the oh, owners no. needed money. Oh. And here's the saddest part. It closed before mm. this movie opened. And That's so I guess sad. people come to Chicago and look for it. Look for it. If this movie would have come out a handful of months later, mm. it probably would have saved that restaurant. That's sad. I died after this scene at the <laughs> end. Did you notice at the end, you can't miss it. There's employees uh-huh. that are waving. With the crab claws. The crab claws. <laughs> oh my God. Well, this whole scene hinges on the fact that the waiter... Knows how to play the song on the piano. On a random piano that yeah. is in a crab house for what? Reason? Just fun. Yeah. Just okay. general merriment. Mm-hmm. But he like sings, starts to sing the song and everyone claps. Mm-hmm. And then it's really, it doesn't get turned up a notch until the waiter's just like, okay. And just starts playing. Well, here's the other question. Did people really know, was, is Dionne Warwick this beloved? The, That's a pretty famous song. I, okay, because everyone Even Scotty, in that, who doesn't know Dionne Warwick, was able to sing it, too. I mean, because everybody not just knows this, <laughs> but they are committed to mm-hmm. it. And those twin, the sisters are yeah. pit, her, uh, his, her cousins or whatever, mm-hmm. they are pitch perfect on this. Yeah. This is... It's great. It's such a great scene. It's very I, famous. I cannot get enough of this scene. Mm-hmm. And, it, and again, it makes you just absolutely fall in love with those characters and julia roberts just going shit the only two people who aren't enjoying it are her and michael he's just kind of sitting there like that was i mean really if if you have not seen this scene at barry the kudas stop (laughs) listening to this podcast right now go see it i'm sure it's on youtube oh it absolutely has Mm -hmm. to be because he i mean this is the part of the movie that he's steals mm-hmm. just absolutely steals mm-hmm. and again 
the crab claws at the end to just see waiters <laughs> swaying back and forth, add this like grandeur to it in crab claws. That also got me thinking if it's a restaurant where the, the waiters, I'm, I'm just assuming that everything was straight lifted from how the restaurant was when they showed up. Probably. If it's a restaurant that is called Barry the Cuda and the, the waiters are walking around with fake crab claws on, <laughs> I'm starting to get an idea why this seafood restaurant probably went <laughs> under. Because if I'm paying seafood prices in yeah. Chicago. I don't I, want it with yeah. jokey waiters. Dine me. It's Wine like Joe's me. Crab Shack. Yeah. It's like Joe's Crab Shack, only it probably wasn't even as good as Joe's Crab Shack. Yeah. Hey, we could use a sponsor at Joe's Crab Shack. Hit yeah, us up. I like Joe's I like crabs. And they have those funny shirts. <laughs> Big fans of Joe's Crab yeah. Shack here. Maybe we should go get a delicious <laughs> bucket of uh oysters or clams Ew. or I don't know, what do they serve at Joe's Crab Shack? I've never been. Crab legs. Crab legs at Joe's <laughs> Hush Crab puppies. Shack. So everything is gone completely, pardon the turn of phrase, but tits up for her at this mm-hmm. point, And she realizes she's in big trouble. So what does she do? Keeps lying. Well, no, at this <laughs> point, she, but at this point she goes to the father's office. Oh, right, right, right. She drops Michael at home or something. And then that's why she's around there. She I don't know. She ends up in the dad, the, yeah. she ends up in the, the, she wheedles her way into her, into Kimmy's dad's office mm-hmm. and writes an email claiming to be Kimmy's dad, Kimmy's dad to mm-hmm. Michael's editor. Because for some reason he was real cool with her just using his computer and mm-hmm. the email being signed into and all that. Yeah. Basically sending it to Michael's editor saying, you know, Hey, you'd be doing me a big favor if, if you fired him, fired him because <laughs> you know, that's what my daughter kind of wants. And then she clicks save email instead of, she doesn't send it. There She's are like, two options. Save for later and delete. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why those are the two options. Was but... email really that different in the I know. It's like the way she wrote the email was like his full name, yeah. comma, editor, comma, sports magazine. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, it said sports like, magazine? Yes, it said sports magazine. I'm like, is that his full email address? What is this program? Okay. So she saves the email, and then as the guy, he's walking out. The, she's walking out the door because she feels guilty. So that's yeah, why so she. She walks send out it. the door, and then he, tur- the father, turns to his yeah. secretary when she's out of earshot, and tells her, "Hey, I've saved some. I wrote email. some emails over lunch. Can you make sure you send those out this afternoon?" Which I'm not sure is that a thing. Secretaries oh, yeah. did okay because okay. they check them. First. Okay, then that's fine. You have okay. to check for typos. Okay, I wanted to make fun of that, but I guess that's right. no. It gets sent mm-hmm. along with his other emails. Well, and presumably business was properly handled. I'm assuming the Chicago White Sox novelty cups were ordered correctly. Yes. I bet that's what most yep. of the emails mm-hmm. regarded. Stock price is totally dependent on novelty. Absolutely. Cups. The Chicago White Sox are totally a publicly traded company. That's right. I feel bad for the White Sox. Sometimes I was a real big Frank Thomas fan when I was little, and I know everybody loses it over the Cubs. Yeah. And it's like, well, the White Sox are there. There's a big, big following, though. I think they deserve to be. I think the Cubs are more nationally, like... Yeah, but in the Chicago. Cubs, but in Chicago, it's pretty pretty split. Oh, good. Then that makes me feel better. Yeah. So this gets sent, and then she goes to the hotel room to tell him she loves him, right? Yeah. And then that's Why where... She go? And then isn't it like she gets turned down? Or no, he starts talking about how much he loves her. And then she realizes she's screwed and that's why she goes. No, wait, we forgot a very important scene. What scene? After the crab house scene, then he is kind of like feeling jealous. And so they drive Rupert Everett to Mm. the airport, Mm. gets in the car and he he tells her like he did feel jealousy. Can we just spend the day this Mm. afternoon together alone? Mm -hmm. And then they go on the Chicago boat tour. I thought the boat tour was later. Mm Mm-mm. Okay. That's right after. Okay. That's right after they drop him off at the airport. Okay. Because it's afternoon. Okay. 
I love that scene. And when we were in Chicago, we didn't go. Oh, the boat tours we should are have awesome gone. We were in Chicago last year with Justin and Stephanie, and we didn't go. And But she would go. And we stayed at the Drake, which yeah. is where they stay. Oh, is it? Yeah, they're the Drake. Oh, I didn't notice that. Yeah. That's awesome. She would go on these boat tours with anyone that came in town because <laughs> she didn't feel right being a person in Chicago going, going on the Chicago boat that's tour. Funny. So she would say, I would drag people to go on it. I think she's easily done it 10 times. Wow. Because she says it's different every time you get a different that's tour really guide cool. and all that. Uh, no, the cool thing about this scene that was, cr- I mean, it was crammed down your throat overt, but it was well done, was they're passing under a bridge and they're talking about... Oh, I didn't think it was crammed under your throat. Well, it wasn't crammed under your throat. It was, it was, it was just very, very sweet. That's what like makes her well, no, no, but an the, A-list actress. No, it is. But the, what I was going to say is is not just the acting. The acting was mm-hmm. good. And I don't mean... It, when they come out. When funny. they come out mm-hmm. and that that's the, they're in darkness under the bridge. And yeah, and they're saying, talking about like Kimmy says, if you love someone, you have to say it. Just say it right then, you know, before the moment. And, and then, then she, she says, passes you by. And then they both stare at each other. And then and they're in darkness. At yeah, that they're point. under the bridge at this point. And then and the tension they you come, could cut with yeah, a you butter can, they're knife. They're staring at each other. Ugh. And then they come out the other side and the sun is shining and the moment passes. And it kills me. But I think that's why they don't belong together. What do you mean that neither of them took that because, opportunity? Yeah, because they can't. They're both they need chicken. a Kimmy. They need a Kimmy to keep them both emotionally honest. Yeah. Because neither of them could say it. Yeah. Well, know? and then that she's so kind of into herself. And even at one point, um, her editor says, do you actually want him and love him? Or yeah. do you ju- or or do you just, just a game? Yeah. And I think it, I kind of think, I kind of think it was a game. Oh, absolutely. I don't think there she was. She doesn't want to lose. Yeah. Do you really love him? Or is this just about winning? Yeah. And yeah. I think it was even at the end of the movie, I did walk away feeling like, no, I think this was just, she, she did love him in a way, but also it was much like if, if they would have ultimately it was gotten together, I think the fact it, that she, he was her Michael. She said that when she was in the very beginning of the movie, when mm. she was listening to her voicemail and Rupert Everett, it's like, who is that? And she's like, my Michael. It's like, that's her. She has ownership over yeah. him, you know? And then he's doing something else and it's like what the hell like every time i check in with you every three months you're fine and now all of a sudden you're getting married in four days yeah like she always has felt so secure in the fact that he is hers and, and that she nothing can, will change yeah and she doesn't have to do anything about it mm-hmm. he'll always love her when again her just being a selfish terrible person mm-hmm. is i love right there. when she first gets to chicago mm. And she and Kimmy go upstairs in the elevator and then Kimmy pushes the stop button and she's like, I was really nervous about meeting you, but then, you know, I realized you win. And she's like, what? And she's freaking out because she's in the confined space. Mm. And she's like, you win. You know, I'll never be able to live up to you, but he's got you on a pedestal and me in his arms. Yeah. Which I was like, yeah, she's got a point. She's a funny little crazy person, but she's right yeah she's probably the most honest and emotionally secure one of all of them who kimmy you mean yeah yeah the whole movie i was looking for a reason to dislike kimmy and you Mm -hmm. couldn't find it no even when so there is there's a scene for julia roberts where she tries to convince kimmy gets kimmy to 
ask him to work for her dad and basically mm-hmm. says like, oh, I don't like you being on the road and all that, thinking it'll drive a wedge between them. Mm-hmm. And it kind of starts to, and then Cameron Diaz and him like handle it perfectly mm-hmm. as a friend. If you saw two people getting married that had that kind of connection where it'd be like, I have, I have said something that deeply bothers you. Mm-hmm. And then it was handled in that kind of manner where we were both very honest. We both handled it. We came very quickly to a, a amends that we were both comfortable with. You genuinely love someone as a friend. You should be incredibly mm-hmm. happy for them. Yeah. So, not trying to break them up. Yeah. So I think what we yeah. have really established in the last probably five minutes of this is Julia Roberts. Come on, man. Mm-hmm. Like, so. But you still love then her. she. Yeah. So then she doesn't know if that email has been sent or not, but she's a mess about it. She's freaking out. She's trying to get back into the building where Kimmy's dad works. Mm. And I'm not sure whether she's trying to get back in there. To send the email or to take the no, email back? No, I think back. she to take the email back, I think. Okay. Yeah. I think, but she I think finds she out it. then, because Michael gets a fax in her presence, she finds out that... It went through. It went through, and he got an email, or a fax from his boss saying, like, this is the kind of family you're marrying into, and he freaks out, and she's sitting in the hallway freaking out, because she's like, I am a bad person, and I do bad things to honest people, and that's when Paul Giamatti comes up and is mm-hmm. trying to give her advice, but she keeps going. It's like, she never, she doesn't admit that she did that. The next day, if you notice, her clothing goes darker as the days go Oh, it does? Yeah. So the next day, she's wearing her darkest outfit. She's wearing black pants and a dark green crop top long sleeve shirt, which is a bold choice. And And, But she pulls it off. But she looks like a villain. Yeah. It's like, she's never been more villainous looking. And everyone else is wearing pastel and wearing fancy stuff because excuse me because it's the brunch before the wedding yeah the wedding's at like six o'clock in the evening and she's like you know she's gone to the dark side she hasn't given up yeah absolutely not and that's when she gets her craziest oh and she gets her craziest so the night before when he got the facts or whatever he broke the wedding off yet still goes to the brunch yeah neither of them tell anyone and and then kimmy though to her to her defense when she's approached says like well why haven't you told your family that this is broken off she's like because i just keep hoping something's gonna change or some Mm -hmm. kind of like stroke of magic and that again i think that's a decent writing that's what would really that's probably what would really happen yeah you just try and power through it and hope that it goes because you you think it works yeah and then hope you change she ends up seeing julia roberts and he kiss Mm-hmm. Right, because Julia Roberts tries to. She admits to him that she loves him. Mm-hmm. She's like, "Choose me, marry me, love me." She's like, "I know that's three things, but." And then she kisses him, and then Kimmy comes in from the side and sees them in a gazebo kissing, mm-hmm. and she takes off, mm-hmm. <laughs> and then he takes off after her, and then, she and then Julia off. Roberts takes off after him. I love that scene. They run across this big wide open field and all the people at brunch are watching them like oh that's that's the bride and that's the maid of honor and everyone's looking at her and she's like she's from new york Hmm." (laughs) and then she gets in a bread truck to chase yeah to chase them down a caterer's bread truck calling her editor too i thought that was such a good conversation Mm -hmm. where it was who's chasing you yeah who's chasing you no one like you said he gives her the best advice Mm -hmm. throughout this entire movie that she needs to hear and i think that's something we all need to hear in our Mm -hmm. lives at some point hey man who's chasing you but you know what's really unrealistic that chicago traffic wouldn't be a freaking nightmare oh that they they wouldn't be a standstill instantly anywhere in chicago all the time 
Oh yeah, no. They the fact that they've been back and forth to the airport twice during this two-day period that would take like an entire <laughs> afternoon. That would take four hours. So that's the like, one thing in this movie that you find unrealistic is yeah, Chicago traffic. Chicago traffic is a freaking nightmare. Okay, yeah, I'll buy that. It is pretty terrible <laughs> when I've been there. Other things I want to mention: another horrible bridesmaid's dress. Yeah, really, really bad. This does not pass the Bechdel test at all whatsoever. Bechdel test is a movie can pass the test if they have two female characters talking to each other about something other than a man, even in one conversation. And it never. I think does. you might be right. Yeah. There's what, nothing even close. What? It's always about him. But Michael, what, Michael, but Michael. But what about the. No, I think you're right. Yeah. <laughs> does not pass that. Oh, no. Mm-hmm. Quick instances of physical comedy. She falls off the bed when he tells her he's getting married. Number two, they're stuck in the elevator together and she's freaking out and pacing back and forth. Number three, she's leaning against the door smoking and he opens the door and she falls back into the door. Number four, they're all running after each other. That was a good one, yeah. Yeah, that's very good. I think that's it. No, one of my favorite instances of physical comedy, she walks in... So they go, they, he ends up, she ends up chasing him to like the train station. They talk, oh, yeah. she admits that she sent the fax for some reason. He still is friends with her after that, which I mm-hmm. think is a pretty big leap. Then when they walk, well, he back, calls her fungus. Well, yeah, but that was still for like, oh, you almost broke off my wedding to a girl I love whose father is a billionaire and who like everyone I know is here he for a wedding. He thinks it is broken. It, well, so either way, the, my favorite instance of physical comedy is then she goes back to try and make things right with. Kimmy or whatever. She figures out that she's in the bathroom stall at the uh, well, not, White Sox field? No, after that. But that, yeah, she goes to the White Sox field. She tells her. She kind of mm-hmm. settles everything and sets right. No, when she goes back to the house and one of the twins has tried to lick the oh, ice yeah. statue of David they got. <laughs> she tried to lick David's penis and got her tongue stuck, stuck to it like in Christmas Story. Yeah. And so you see this girl in the so background flailing. no one is paying flailing. attention to the fact that they can't find, find the, the bride, bride and groom. Because a because girl is stuck to sucks. the statue of David's <laughs> penis. It's so good. So that's my favorite physical comedy yeah, in this really movie. Good. They end up getting hitched. Yeah. You know, they and do it. Julia Roberts gives us her speech at the wedding that apparently <laughs> she wrote a big chunk of. She was oh, really? on the phone. Yeah, she was like on the phone with the writers when they were doing some rewrites and whatnot. And they said she just was kind of ad libbing and they were furiously scribbling down everything she didn't huh. say. So they said she ended up writing a, a cool. big chunk of that speech. And then the ending, I really liked the the ending of this, what they mm-hmm. went with. So you end up seeing her editor out of calls her. And just starts going, oh, you're sitting there in your pastel dress. and Probably drumming your fingers on the white linen table. <laughs> barely touching your drink. Mm-hmm. Like that type of thing. And well, I didn't tell you my dress was pastel or purple, purple yeah. or whatever. Lavender. Uh, and she starts walking around with this big cell phone and, and sees yeah, him. Giant flip phone. And then finally sees him and he's on his cell phone. And is just ham- Randomly at a table with and, some people that and, probably don't know who the hell he is. And just hamming it up. Mm-hmm. And what does he say? Something about like, I've got to go. Now, it's all just so... So it's the mm-hmm. smoothest so british oh and i loved it yeah and i was so scared i was why no no i because i was so sure and how they did that scene up until the last bit that he mm-hmm. spoke to her i was so sure that he was going to be like i never told you i was gay you just assumed it oh. i'm in love with you i thought that was going to be the turn and i dreaded it oh. but then he was like which they didn't go with mm-hmm. he ended up saying something to the effect of um 
there may not or no we we love we I, we love each other and friends or whatever but there may not be sex and then he makes like a scary face or something like <laughs> like i'm grossed out by that and it was but they kept him as just like a really good friend i thought it was a really honest yeah, clean way to end it yeah but where it ended up not being a romantic comedy for that character about a relationship mm-hmm. it ended up being a romantic comedy about her kind of understanding what love is to her you know yeah. and being able to let it go and i thought that was kind of a cool turn on the genre Rather than just make it like they very easily the original ending from what I read was a random guy comes up to her while she's yeah. sitting outside the John gazebo Corbett. and it tanked with audience. Nobody liked it Be- yeah. because that ruins the whole like the, movie. the end of 500 days of summer. Yeah. OK. You don't need that. Shit. Yeah. You don't because then it, it undermines the character's mm-hmm. growth. Yep. No, I agree with you 100 yep. percent. So. And I love John Corbett. He's the lead in uh, my big fat Greek wedding. He's Aiden in um, Sex in the City. I'm a big guy. He's great. He's not big. No, I'm saying I'm more of a big guy than an Aiden guy. Oh. And I'm definitely not a burger guy. Burger. Were you not a big Sex in the City person? No. Oh. I mean, I watched probably 70% of the shows. Oh, burger was in it in one of the last seasons. It's yeah. like a major boyfriend, but he was... I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't care for him. But... I love John. He Corbett. would have been a good one to kind of come in, but again, it would have undermined. Yeah, it would have undermined. I know this you idea. don't need that. And I like that they stuck to that. And, and they you know. lo- and everyone they knew everyone loves Rupert Everett. Yeah. Oh, because he He's and he so kept. Good. I guess through the movie, he kept saying to the director, "You know, I I think I should be there at the end. I think I should be at the ending. I should be in the mm-hmm. ending." He said, "I kept pressing it, pressing it." And then when they went to rewrites. He said, well, I guess I must just got it in his head that that was a good idea to have me there. (laughs) So they called me back. And I think ending the movie in any other way than just, you know, we're friends. We love each other. We dance, blah, blah, blah. End of Mm -hmm. it. You let him go. Mm -hmm. Any other way than that in this movie falls flat for me. You got to say goodbye. You make a movie that's three quarters amazing. You got to grow. Yeah. And a Bildungsroman, a finally a female Bildungsroman. A, f- a female Bilbo Baggins. It's happening. The real Bilbo. <laughs> she learns. Oh, the thing that I loved, loved is okay, so she's wearing dark colors. Mm-hmm. She's got a bare midriff. She's got the whole, you know, whore and Madonna thing flipped around. Because mm-hmm. before it was like he had her on a pedestal and Kimmy in his arms. And now it's the other way around. Mm-hmm. Where it's like, I want Kimmy and you're this trashy whore Mm -hmm. but this would never happen these days which is sad and maybe directly related to sarah jessica parker's footwear choices but julia roberts is wearing clogs (laughs) and (laughs) that would never happen anymore she's wearing dance go black dance go clogs in 1997 okay i just like that i love seeing that i was like yes you liked comfy footwear that is something my mom wore every day (laughs) like that is a classic 1997 shoe choice well you know what i was kind of thinking you'd never see anymore you'd see heels well and off of that i was thinking as i was watching this even seeing who they cast for like the friends and the dads and the relatives Mm -hmm. and all that yeah it was stars but it was everybody was like 90s good looking yeah. like they were like they were they were good looking but like mm-hmm. you could walk down the street in columbus or anywhere and you'd mm-hmm. see someone that kind of looked like that yeah. and i think that made it feel more they real do a much better job of that in england than they do here really? we used to be more honest with our acting choices here and in yeah. england you can still see normal people who are just good actors well i think it takes away when you're talking about a genre like romantic comedies that you really are talking about making a connection with people's lives mm-hmm. is what makes them like it. Yeah. I think that when you make the cast impossibly beautiful, like uh summer catch for the most part, mm-hmm. you make it a little bit more 
unrealistic or hard yeah. hard to attach yourself yeah. to as a watcher. This you fell into it because her dad didn't look like a sinister billionaire. Right. He looked Just like a, a dad. Guy. Yeah, mm-hmm. and they keep very well. What's his name? Bass. Ronald Bass keeps very well to the story. Mm-hmm. And that's it. He's the screenwriter. Mm-hmm. Um, I also said I like this movie isn't about bodies or looks. It's like we've had a couple of movies oh, yeah. that are really body conscious. Obviously, Shallow How. Yeah. You can't avoid that. But then Ugly Truth, it's all about yes. like women being sexy and women dressing a certain way. And you have to get the man. And this was just about... The people and yeah. the relationships. You no, know? you're right. I didn't even think of it that way, but maybe that's why we like the characters so much is they just had to play to... They're people. Yeah, yeah they're just people. Yeah, it's an interesting rom-com because the two main characters have known each other a really long time, mm-hmm. which doesn't usually happen. Usually, you just meet this person, you're trying to figure them out, mm. hilarity well, like ensues and how you figure out who they are well yeah it's a whirlwind thing mm-hmm. you usually get the meet cute and then that kind of right. there's rarely a time jump or anything like that right so yeah i think it does give you kind of an interesting because mm-hmm, they already have this relationship yeah you see a mature relationship mm-hmm. and so much more about her trying to keep them apart mm-hmm. you know so in a way you could look at this movie as being we could have a, a rom-com rom- where she is not the lead that's exactly it i was mm-hmm. going to say in reality we're just seeing a different the lens is in a different position mm-hmm. it could very easily be on just the two of them and the wicked woman She's keeping the them apart mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. that i mean it really is kind of an interesting yeah. way to flip uh, uh through the looking glass type deal that's uh, right. of this and it mm-hmm. i think that's why it works and probably why it stands the test of time with people now mm-hmm. as we said on most of the ratings websites critics don't love it but people loved it mm-hmm so I was thinking about Julia Roberts. She was in Runaway Bride as well. Mm-hmm. And then she was also in huge heavy hitter, Pretty Woman. She was in Pretty Woman. And she was in Pretty Woman and Runaway Bride, both with Richard Gere. So we really need to get into Richard Gere soon. Because okay. he's in some good rom-coms. Okay. I'm See how do. he stacks up against D- D- Dermot Mulroney. <laughs> you know, we're, we're that man. Dylan McDermott, Dermot Mulroney scenario here. <laughs> D- Dylan McDermott. Mulroney. <laughs> Senior. Uh, no, I'd be game to do that. Yeah. Is that what you want to do for the next one? or I don't know. Do we want to go that hard? I mean, you... The thing is, June is wedding season. Mm-hmm. So maybe in June, we need to focus on only wedding movies. Okay. Let's plan in June to do wedding mm-hmm. movies. Okay. And then... Well, and then even... we can watch my wedding video. Do you have a wedding video? <laughs> yeah, and I've oh, never seen it. I would actually really like to watch that. I've never seen it. So have I told you uh, we Lately have a friend, Eddie. You. I've watched Eddie's, not wedding video, but Eddie's proposal video. Oh. Did you, you've heard of this, right? Mm-hmm, so. And it's bonkers. It's, it's awesome, but it is like, even his wife laughs at it. Because it is like, it's so sweet, but it's so funny. It starts with him doing, he made his own music video. And <laughs> it starts with him doing shirtless push-ups and then just, no. yeah, dead serious. Oh, and it's no. cut to an Eminem music video. And then it'll flash what? the music video. And then he'll literally run across the screen and then back to the music video. The then cut to him doing push-ups. Then, so it was like to throw her off. So oh. she thought he was just doing some goofy video project. And I guess yeah. he was showing her and she's just rolling her eyes. And then it gets into like the really sweet part. <laughs> but if you know That's Eddie, our funny. friend Eddie, it would not surprise you that he had a Gosh. video. It was like, hey, here's your proposal video. He loves videography. He loves being shirtless. And he loves feats of strength. And, so and roll, or speed. And so to roll them all yeah. into one. I mean, it really does make sense <laughs> in that in that context. So then for this movie... 
I am curious, Sarah, to hear if you had to give it a rating as a rom-com from one to ten with with, you know, ten being the perfect rom-com. To me, it's like nine and a half. Like, it's pretty high up there. The only reason it doesn't get to 10 is because it's flipped around yeah. so that she's not the lead. Yeah. You know, love interest. Yeah. I would probably give it an eight, maybe like an eight and a half for the same reason. Yeah. That it is, it has a lot of the elements of a rom-com. It's so good. And so it, much zaniness that just works. Oh, it absolutely does. But you, none of it's annoying or boring there's not a lull no and the reason that i've ranked it i'd rank it so high that we've mentioned is that it's so easy to connect with it and mm-hmm. you feel like you know these characters you feel mm-hmm. like you can see even if you haven't done these things i know she's feel, a villain and yet she's still she's in the bread truck and she yells getting what you deserve isn't fair <laughs> she's like <laughs> driving maniacally so you would definitely tell people if they have not seen this movie it is worth taking your time and sitting down oh yeah I would also agree with that. I would agree with that it's a great, so, so much. Great use of your time. I I think so. Mm-hmm. Is there anything else you care to share with people? I mean, this is this is one of your this is one of your big movies. I so. almost yelled, you're never gonna be jello. Because that's good. That was a good scene. She's yeah. like, You're creme brulee. You can never be jello. And she's like, I could be jello. She's like, You're never gonna be jello. You're never gonna be jello. Oh my yeah. god. They are so good together. I know. That's a good movie. It's great. So then what movie do you, are we done with this one then? Yeah. Well, what uh what movie do you think we should do next? Hmm. Do you wanna go see the, yes, I feel pretty. Do you want to do I feel pretty? And I we'll just, pretty. it'll be in the dollar theater in the next week or so, probably. Who cares? I just want to see it. I'll pay full price. Okay. Let's do, then we're going to do a uh, romcomcom.com in theaters. Live. Well, not live. Well, not live. But after But we'll probably see it and then it. immediately, <laughs> yeah, and immediately dive in. So uh, everybody, we are going to do Amy Schumer's new one, I Feel Pretty, which I'm excited to see Shallow Hal from a female perspective. Mm-hmm. I mean, to some extent, that's yeah, what I picture it kind absolutely. of being. Well, all right. Um, if you want to get a hold of us and send us any opinions on uh, this movie, or I think we had a couple requests in there for people to email us if you've tried breaking up a wedding even or anything like that, or just anything mm. related to this movie that we think would be funny. Mm-hmm. Or if you're an executive and you liked our pitch for a sequel, just <laughs> you can get to us at romcomcomdot.com at gmail.com or on Twitter or on Instagram at romcomcom.com as mm-hmm, well mm-hmm. Uh, so contact us there and also i want to thank this is my suitcase for our opening and closing theme you can find them online wherever you find music on all of their excellent side projects as well and next week plan on hearing us talk about i feel pretty oh so pretty and to everyone out there i just want to let them know that while i'm combing my hair now and wondering what dress to wear now. I'll say, say a, little a little prayer, prayer for, for you. I run for the bus, dear. While riding, I think of us, dear. I'm not even on the melody. While riding, I think of us, dear. I say a little prayer for you. Forever and ever to stay in my heart. And I will love you forever and ever. We never will part. Oh, how I love you together forever. That's how it must be to live without you would only mean heartbreak for me. Thanks for listening.
Are you telling the truth? Yes. Hey, come here. Hey. Did she really get Rita's? 